Hi, this is Gary Pasigio, Head of Fixed Income for CIBC Private Wealth. I'm here today with Senior Energy Trader Rebecca Babin to cover developments in the energy markets as a result of the Ukraine-Russia conflict and how this may play out going forward. Before I turn to Rebecca and energy specifically, I should spend a few seconds on inflation. The broad level of inflation in the U.S. has already hit a 40-year high of 7.9% as measured by the Consumer Price Index, or CPI, prior to the Russian invasion. We covered some of the factors behind that move in a piece we put out in February, but of course that was before the Ukrainian crisis catalyzed the most recent surge in commodities. As a result, we expect to see further gains in the CPI, especially in sectors where Russia and Ukraine account for a meaningful amount of production, including wheat, steel, and a number of industrial metals and gases critical to a wide range of end products. Of course, oil and gas fall into that category as well, with Russia accounting for over 10% of total oil production and over one half of Europe's gas imports. Rebecca, we saw the price of oil nearly double from the end of 2020 to just prior to Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the increase in energy accounted for nearly a third of the increase in CPI. With that as a backdrop, I have two broad questions for you. First, how much has the Russia-Ukraine conflict added to already elevated levels of energy pricing? And second, what are the likely near-term triggers for either acceleration or reversion of recent trends? So prior to the Russian invasion of Ukraine, crude was trading around $85 a barrel. Um, at the onset of the invasion, crude rapidly rose to $125 a barrel. And this was mostly due to the fact that, as you mentioned, Russians, Russia supplies a significant amount of crude oil into and exports to the global market. The response from many nations has been to sanction Russian oil as a result of the Ukrainian invasion. However, the majority of countries that import the most Russian crude have not sanctioned Russian energy. This is because they rely heavily on those energy sources to fuel their economy. The initial response in crude to $125 a barrel was the market assuming that Russian supply would be completely eliminated from the market. In reality, that is yet to be determined. Over the past several days, we've seen that premium of Ukrainian risk unwind from the market and trade back down to $90 a barrel as there is anticipation that there may be a ceasefire and or that Russian barrels are actually finding their way into the market. When it relates to the triggers that we need to focus on over the next several weeks and months, the key is going to be the potential for a ceasefire in Russia and Ukraine. The ceasefire would allow industries such as energy-related <clears throat> tankers and energy consumers to freely purchase Russian crude that is not under sanction and start to balance the market back out. The second factor will be Iranian negotiations. These negotiations have been ongoing for several months, but if we were to see a resolution and it would bring about 500,000 barrels of crude back to the market in fairly short order, this would help buffer any Ukraine-related disruptions that we may see. On the opposite side of that, if we were to see an escalation or 
talks of ceasefire deteriorate and more companies, including those in Europe, start to back away from buying Russian crude, eliminating the supply from the market, we could retest those highs that we saw earlier in the month. Another factor that we need to really keep an eye on is the growth, pro the growth prospects. If inflation and rising prices of crude starts to impact economic growth profiles, we could see a dramatic readjustment in commodity markets as that hurts and demand. I think that's a good place to turn it back over to Gary for a further assessment of what that could mean for the economy. Thanks, Rebecca. Oil price spikes look a lot and act a lot like tax increases, especially when its price is rising faster than that of other commodities and wages. The current increase checks both of those boxes and qualifies as one of the most extreme in terms of its size and the length of time since the twin oil shocks of the 1970s and early 1980s. Comparisons to that time period can lead analysts to pretty grim conclusions. Both of those episodes led to outright declines in real consumption and recession. We expect some growth destruction in the US from the current energy price increase, but not nearly to the degree of what we saw 40 to 50 years ago due to two things. One, an improvement in energy efficiency since then, and second, a much higher degree of domestic energy independence. As for policy changes, uh, the Federal Reserve is in a tough position and currently views the reality of inflation as deserving more attention than the unknown risk to growth from geopolitical events. They are just now entering a more restrictive policy approach to address today's inflation and would likely need to see actual evidence of growth destruction before reversing that policy. We are actively monitoring the evolving geopolitical situation and its impact on global and US markets, and we'll continue to keep you apprised. Rebecca, we appreciate your time and your insights on the issues and the volatility surrounding the energy space. This podcast was recorded on the morning of Tuesday, March 15th. For more information, please reach out to a member of your CIBC Private Wealth team, and thank you. CIBC Private Wealth Management includes CIBC National Trust Company, CIBC Delaware Trust Company, CIBC Private Wealth Advisors Incorporated, all of which are wholly owned subsidiaries of CIBC Private Wealth Group LLC and the private banking division of CIBC Bank USA. All of these entities are wholly owned subsidiaries of Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce. This document is intended for informational purposes only, and the material presented should not be construed as an offer or recommendation to buy or sell any security. Concepts expressed are current as of the date of this publication only and may change without notice. Such concepts are the opinions of our investment professionals, many of whom are chartered financial analyst charter holders or certified financial planner professionals. Certified Financial Planner Board of Standards Incorporated owns the certification marks CFP and Certified Financial Planner in the U.S. There is no guarantee that these views will come to pass. Past performance does not guarantee future comparable results. The tax information contained herein is general and for informational purposes only. CIBC Private Wealth Management does not provide legal or tax advice, and the information contained herein should only be used in consultation with your legal, accounting, and tax advisors. To the extent that information contained herein is derived from third-party sources, although we believe the sources to be reliable, we cannot guarantee their accuracy. The CIBC logo is a registered trademark of CIBC used under license. Investment products are not FDIC insured, may lose value, and are not bank guaranteed.